Hello, this is Janet from JanetSandberg.com, and you're listening to the Phoenix Wisdom Podcast, the weekly show that talks to peers and professionals who open up about their darkest moments when they felt like ending it all, why they didn't, and how they transformed their lives in order to triumph over the darkness and despair. Please remember to subscribe if you'd like to hear more inspiring stories. Hello and welcome to the Phoenix Wisdom Podcast. I am your host, Janet Sandberg, and today we are talking to Stephanie Poulsen. Stephanie, let's jump right in. Tell us about yourself. Hi. Um, first off, thank you for having me on. This is such an honor. I am so excited to be on with you. Um, but I am professionally, uh, let's start professionally, I am a Christian health coach um, I'm a best-selling author and a international empowerment speaker and podcast host myself. Um, on the personal side of things, I'm a mom of four. Um, I have been married to my husband for 13 years now. That's a number that's frightening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, I'm a veteran's wife, so my husband was military. So we've done a little bit of the moves and the things and that whole military life. Um and I mean, I want to say that I am a depression and anxiety survivor, um, overcomer. I mean, I don't, I don't, I look at it and I say I overcame it. Um, I love it. And so that's where, um, I think I gravitated to your podcast as much as I did was because this is something that I probably could have used so much, um, in my life. And so if I can help somebody else. Um, that was at that state too. Um, that would be incredible. So I love what you do. Thank you. And I'm so happy to have you here and cannot wait to hear your story and hear how you became a depression and anxiety overcomer. Yeah. Um, and I love that concept. Um, I think we need to, to advertise that more. Mm-hmm. That, 100%. Just because you have it doesn't mean it's going to be with you forever. You can become a survivor and an yeah. overcomer. Absolutely. Yes. It's it's something that um, I won't say that I don't ever have a bad day. Sure. Um, I mean, yes, you're human. But yes, yes, we're all still human. Um, but your great days outweigh your dark days. And that's where I always say that's how I've overcome it. Um, I don't think that it ever will go away um, mm-hmm. or at least for me, I, but I'm more aware of it. So I can recognize it quicker. I can get out of it quicker and I'm overcoming every day, um, more and more. So amazing. Yeah. That, that was a big thing for me too, was noticing that like, you know, one bad day would lead to a week or two of bad days and I just couldn't get out of it. And then as, as I, I healed and got better, you know, those, that time would shorten and pretty soon it was, you know, like, oh, it's only lasting three days now. Yes. And, you know, you're able to pull yourself out of it. And then sometimes now it's just a day. And yeah, yeah, like you said, we still all have bad days. Like we are human. The world is still out there. (laughs) So, Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, the world's out there. There's still social media. There's still all the things, um, you know, there's still so much that comes and confronts us. And so it's, 
it's learning how to one, deal with those things that come at us. It's how to um, recognize and heal. It's truly a healing process. Um, When we get into my story, I'll explain all of the things that I had to heal from, but um, it was, it's a healing process. And so the more you heal, the, the less time that you sit in that state um, because you can grow right out of it. You can get right through it and recognize, acknowledge, feel, and then move on. Yes. Well, then let's dive right into your story. What was going on in your life when you had suicidal ideation, when you thought you didn't want to be here anymore? What was, what was going on? So there was two significant times. Um, I even had it to the point where I had it planned out. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew exactly how I was going to do it. Um, my first time was when I was 16. I was a junior in high school. Um, the pressures of going to college and being at home and, um, I lived with my mom and my stepdad and I never really heard the, I'm proud of you. Oh. Um, so I always heard the critical eye of, um, you know, you could do better here. And what about this? And, and, and a lot of, I don't want to say negativity, but just, I didn't hear a lot of we're proud of you. Right. Um, and so I felt like I always was that failure, no matter what I did, no matter how hard I studied, no matter what I was always never enough. Um, and so I had a moment where my mom had left for grocery shopping um, and I knew I had two hours maximum to take care of whatever I needed to. So I had written letters to my mom, my brother, my stepdad. I put little items next to them. I put them in their rooms and I had it planned out. I was going to um, take my own life in my closet. I was going to I was going to hang myself and because I didn't want to leave my mom a mess. This was literally the thought process I had was I didn't want to leave a mess. Um, I wanted to make it easy after I left. And um, as I was putting everything together, kind of like taking a deep breath, my mom walks in the door unannounced to me. And she had left the check she needed to go grocery shopping in the office, which was next to my bedroom. Mm. My mom startled me. I wasn't able to go through with anything because my mom startled me. I freaked out. I couldn't get to the room to like take things away. So she didn't stop me. Um, And she realized that there was something going on. Um, Happens to see the fact that there's notes and read them and immediately was just like, come here and we need to talk. Um, I think that was my first real realization that, something was wrong but I wasn't ever going to admit it um and I just kind of kept trucking yeah um, kept kept masking it I had learned very very well how to put on the um the costume and put on the mask mm-hmm. and learned how to put the beautiful smile on and look like nothing was wrong and yet internally I was breaking I was breaking um yeah. I went to high school finished out high school did some college Um, I met my husband and I started having kids and I thought postpartum depression was like not a real thing. Um, (laughs) and, but for somebody who was trying to heal and trying to, who already had depression tendencies, um, it just amplified. So my first one, my first child, I was okay. Um, my second one, I was in a foreign country. My husband was deployed doing, um, route clearance. So we were searching for bombs. 
and I was alone. Mm-hmm. And my postpartum depression got so bad. Um, I dropped about 40 pounds in three months. Wow. Because I wasn't eating. Yeah. Um, I had every every idea of just this isn't worth it. I'm not doing right. I'm only failing as a mom. Um, my husband can do better, like all these things. Um, I pulled it together because a few months later, my husband did come home and his issues were bigger than mine. Right. Then you had to take care of him. I had to take care of him. Um, I mean, and the kids. Uh huh. Yeah. I had a, I had a toddler and a newborn and a husband coming home from a deployment of seeing things that most of us would never see. Yeah. And his postpartum, you know, his PTSD was far exceeding my postpartum depression. Um, so I had to, I had to put my issues aside. What a couple. I had to, I had to be strong. I had to love on him and be there for him. Yeah. There's a thing called in the military community, a lot of spouses, it's called spousal PTSD. So we pick up the triggers of whatever our spouse has and is dealing with. And I picked up every single one of his. So that's anxiety came in along with the depression because it was just his, I would watch at every corner. I would panic. I would freak out trying to keep him safe and protected. And, um, you know, cause a loud bang could put my husband on the floor and full anxiety and panic. And mm-hmm. I mean, he was a, a loose cannon and I had to be there for him. Yeah. I had my third after he got out of the military. Um, I had my third and that was when I hit the epitome of, breaking points. Right. Uh, I was driving to work and I said, I know exactly how well we will do it. I will go high speed into an overpass and I will just, I will, nothing will be left. Like I will just, it'll be okay. Um, and I knew which overpass I knew how to do it. I knew the thought process. I knew everything. I continued to say my husband could do better than me. Um, my kids did, could do better than me. Um, somebody else could support my husband better than I could all of these things. And it just so happened every time that I happened to be at that overpass, my children were in the car and I always said I would never take the life of somebody else. If I took my own, my own thing, but Mm -hmm. I will never take the life of a child. I will never take the life of somebody else. Um, so my children were always in the car and there was a day where we had a snowstorm, a freak, like middle of March snowstorm, and it closed down the expressway from my house to my work. And this, I told my work, I can't make it in. I'll do my best later in the afternoon if roads open. Roads opened, and I was driving this road past another car, and the exact overpass that I said I wanted to take my life at. I was spun out of control. Wow. It was a freak moment. It literally, I was going to go underneath the overpass. The front end of my car had made it underneath the overpass. The back end just was like, it was literally like somebody just took me and spun me like a top. Mm-hmm. And I sat there and I said, okay, like I heard the words, let go of the wheel, counter correct, let your foot off the brake, like don't panic, stay calm. And as I'm counter correcting and I'm trying to stay out of the way of other cars and I'm, I'm doing my best. And all of a sudden I'm looking at the spot that I was going to take my life at. 
And I looked at it and I grabbed the steering wheel. I pushed upward from the bottom. And I said, if I'm going to die today, I'm not going to watch myself do it. And I let, I just let the situation continue. I realized the car had stopped. I immediately like opened my eyes. I'm like, am I alive? Like, (laughs) did I do this? Did I, did I survive this moment? I turn off my car. And at that moment I said, I would never ever again think of taking my life because I am not ready to go yet. And at that point, I realized I wasn't ready as much as I wanted to. And I thought about it and I had the the plans and the actions in place since 16. Yeah. I wasn't done yet. I wasn't, Mm -hmm. it wasn't my turn to go. I wasn't done. Um, I hadn't even really started living yet. And from that point on, I started to learn how to heal, started to learn how to, to understand, you know what, I've got past drama that I have to deal with. Um, and I said no more and I would live a better and healthier life and happier life from that point forward because I wasn't done yeah. I could have been done but he wouldn't allow me to be done and yeah. well the that's that's really the thing so often it's not necessarily that we want to be done it's just that we can't live in the situation that we're living in like the situation has to change. Our life has to change. 100%. It's not necessarily that we don't actually want to not be here anymore. Right. Um, and, but your close call gave you that clarity, yes. which is amazing. Yes. And like all those things coming together, like the fact that it happened at the place, yep. you know, that, that you were eyeing and yeah, just so many synchronicities there. Yes. For you to like really get the message hammered into you that you're not done and yes. it's, it's time to heal. It's yes. time to let, <laughs> let go of control of the car and take control of your life. Yes. And that's truly what it was. Um, the minute when I felt the car go out of control, I was like, it, it was the loudest thing. And the funny thing was I had the radio on and I heard a voice over the radio yeah. of take your foot off the gas. Do not panic. Stay calm. You know what to do. And I literally just immediately like put off the gas, countered a couple of times, did my best. And I'm like, I've never been told to like push upward on a steering wheel. But that was the thing I was like, just to plant my butt further into the car seat, like into the seat of the car so that if I hit something, I wasn't thrown out. Like I I was trying not be gone. Like to not... And I was like, if I wanted to be gone, like if, and if I was ready to be gone, it wouldn't have happened that way. Like it it just wouldn't. Right. And after that moment, I walked away with a bruise on my hip from where the buckle buckles. Right. Um, a small bruise on my shoulder, like on my, like right back here where the buckle attaches to the wall. Okay. Of the car. That was it. That was the only things. My husband, we have, we still have the car and the car is. Like the one whole side is just smashed up. looks like a mess. Um, But my husband's like, I don't know how you did what you did. He's like, I still can't put it together. How you didn't completely total your car. How you're even still here. I don't know how you did this. I was feet from like electrical lines, gas lines. I was, I was literally feet from things that could have taken me out. And they didn't, none of them did. 
Mm-hmm. If those are not signs that you were meant to carry right. on. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and so after that point, I realized I can't, I can no longer live this way. I am not done is literally what I continued to remind myself. I am not done as much as I feel like I am, or I want to be mm-hmm. I'm not. And I started healing. I started digging deep of like, why are these thoughts even coming up? What is the the underlying thing that is so hard for me? And it was a lot of, of healing of um, the expectations of other people, mm-hmm. um, trying to live up to an un, unnecessary expectation that I was placing on myself. Um, I was trying to please others instead of pleasing myself. Um, I was searching for the words of like, you've done enough. I'm proud of you. Um, and yet I couldn't even tell myself that yet. I saw all the evidence that I had done so many amazing things. It just never, I was like, but why, why am I not enough for myself Uh I to look so far inward that it was hard. It was scary. I cried a lot. Um, like truly cried a lot because I realized that childhood traumas and difficulties as a kid were playing themselves out because I realized I was so worried about the external mm-hmm. that I had forgotten who I was, what I wanted. I yeah. didn't even know who I was. Like I was so concerned with pleasing my parents, pleasing my husband, pleasing the outside world that I was you lost like, yourself. I don't even know me. Like I don't even know what I like to do. Like mm-hmm. I have no idea. Um so it was a finding of myself that was probably been the most powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And that happens whether it's childhood trauma or, you know, bad relationships, what living with a narcissist, you know, whatever it is, when we lose ourselves, mm-hmm. it makes it so hard to just live, you yes. know, because like you said, we don't know what makes us happy. We don't know who we are and what we want to do and what our purpose is. And in my own work, that's a lot of, of what I help people with. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so important. And the terrible part for most of us is that we don't even realize that it's happened because it took so long. It was so subtle over so many years of us losing ourselves yeah. so gradually yes, that we don't even realized, realize that it happened. And we yeah. just get so used to looking to others for direction instead yes. of looking within. Absolutely. And it's a lot like, like I thought I never realized like internally, I was like, oh, it's, it's little things like just a little tick here and a little tick here. And like one, one comment from maybe my stepdad or, or lack of comment from this person or, you know, and it was just small things over many, mm-hmm. many years that added up to that moment. But I didn't realize I was like, I was, I think my last, that time I was 20, 28 when that, that accident happened, 28 or 29. So I was like, I don't even realize I had even gotten that far. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, now, how do I get out? Like, yeah. Now what? Okay. I've hit rock bottom. I've hit the point where I'm like, enough is enough, but now how do I get out? Cause it's like, it's almost daunting. Cause you're like, it is. 
29 years worth of things that I got to like dig out of. This is daunting. Like, oh no. Um, but I learned it's well worth it. Yeah. What did you do to dig yourself out to change? Like specifically, like Uh, you said, you, you started healing, but like, what, what are the things that you use the tools and, and, and people and. Um, so I started to, um, focus extra, like focus on myself, but I also, um, set really good boundaries. Mm -hmm. Uh, I started with was a lot of boundaries, a lot of like releasing the expectation that like my stepdad or my mom would tell me that they're proud of me. Right. Um, I needed to make me proud. Yes. And so I had to start there. I had to make myself proud. I had to look inward. Um, so I actually took all the steps that I made and did. Um, and I turned it into a book. That was my oh, best book. Amazing. Um, I started with affirmations and I know so many people are like, affirmations are not, they just never work. And I learned that a a better way to do affirmations and that really, truly solidified the the biggest part of the transformation for me um, is you say the affirmation and then you have to give yourself two reasons why it's true. Oh. Okay. Now leave that affirmation, like write it on your mirror, put it, I had cards at the time and I left it picture frame I left it on my dresser so every time I saw it throughout the day I had to tell myself two more reasons why it was true wow so every holy cow so every time you saw it two more reasons you had to give two more reasons and you couldn't leave the you could I couldn't leave doesn't matter if my kids are are you sitting in the other room yelling I better come up with an idea and I mean quit you had to come up with it and you could never repeat the same thing right so if I pretty because my hair looks great today. I could never say that again for the rest of the day. Oh my gosh. And it made you have to go inward. It made Absolutely. you look at yourself and go, why am I powerful today? Why am I beautiful today? Why? And then I had to learn, okay, it's not external. I'm beautiful because of my mind. I'm beautiful because of my heart. I'm beautiful because of the inside of me is here. A lot of them. And then I would usually get to the point where I was like, I'm beautiful because God made me this way. I'm powerful because God said I am. And learning that I had all this ammunition. Mm-hmm. Because mine was a lot of mental. Like my battles were mental battles that I had to face. Not believing in myself, not thinking I was worth it, any of that. And so now I had created all this ammunition. So when the next time a negative thought came in, I was like, no, that's not true because of X, Y, Z, this, 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 and the 20 other things I can come up with. Because I had programmed my subconscious and my brain to immediately think this. I am beautiful because. And I could literally rattle off 20 things because I had done 20 different things throughout a day of affirmations that told me this. I love that. That's so powerful. It was incredible. And it has changed my world. It has changed a lot of my friends who and, and clients who do this. They're like, you don't even know how much this is like changed my thought process on affirmations, but on top of it, I am more confident. Like I can stand so much taller because I believe all of these things are true. And I believe in myself. And I'm like, good, good. Fantastic. So once you 
learned how to love yourself and be proud of yourself and have those boundaries. How did life change? What's life like now? Now, um, I, I rarely have a bad day. Um, if I do have a depression day or a bad day, um, I can usually, it doesn't even last an entire day. I can, I can have the moment in the morning, but by that evening it's over and I'm done. And I, and I've moved through it. Um, I'm not afraid to feel the emotions. Um, that's a big one. I'm not afraid of them. I'm oh. actually like, I, I almost, I tell everyone, I'm like, embrace the chaos, embrace that moment for just a second. And then ask yourself, why, why are we here? Um, and then give it a big hug because if you can hug it, it's no longer ammo. If we can own that moment, own the, the emotion, it can no longer be used against us. It can only make us stronger. Mm-hmm. And so I have learned how to do that. Um, I have taken my testimony and my idea that I am meant for more and I'm, I'm not done. Um, that I've chosen to help others. Um, so I started my own business. I started my podcast. I speak internationally. I wrote my book. Um, I actually have two of them, but I, my one that is my steps um, is a bestseller. And I. Yeah, um, we'll definitely link to that in the comments of, yeah, of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I also, um, my house is happier because yeah. I'm happy. Oh, for um, sure. My husband is healing. Like my husband is truly, he's started to heal nice. because he understood that, okay, it's possible um, that I am stronger than the, the negativity and the darkness. It's possible to get past it. Um, and so I, I feel happier. Um, I am healthier than I have ever been. Um, that's another, it's given me life. I now enjoy the moments with my kids and I go full force and I understand that, you know what, tomorrow isn't granted. It's not given to me. So I'm going to make the best of today and love who I am. I'm going to stand confidently in who I am, whether the outside world loves it or not, or they're proud of it or not. I'm proud of me. And that was probably one of the biggest things was because I so was worried about the outside world. I was worried about whether people would like me or they didn't like me or if I made my parents proud or I didn't make them proud or anybody, like I was just so worried about the external that I had to learn how I learned from this process is that I'm proud of me because I have overcome every obstacle that literally could have taken me out. Mm-hmm. I am stronger than it. Um, I have a unique story to be told and I, I can stand on that. Um, I am powerful and, and just learning I am proud of me and I'm happy who I am. And that's what matters. Not, yes. not the external. Absolutely. I don't need validation to know my value. I have, I have value beyond the need for validation. Yes. And so do we all. Yes. So if you could give one piece of advice to people who are struggling um, what would that be if they could just do like one thing today? One word of advice would be you are not done. Um, an action step that they can do is the affirmations. Mm-hmm. With it, the reasons why. Yes. With reasons why, because that will immediately like 
power and impact from it. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that would be the action step is write the affirmation down every time you see it, two reasons why. Yeah. It's and true. if I'm going to throw this in for me, because I know when I'm in that place, there's absolutely no reason, no way I could think of reasons for myself. I would ask somebody if yes. I couldn't think of anything, like why, why am I, whatever, you know, if it's, you know, I am beautiful or I am smart or I am capable, you know, why, what have I done today to demonstrate those things? And it's rewording it. If you yeah. can't come up with something, um, and I love the idea of, yes, asking somebody else, but it's hard sometimes when you're in that moment to take in somebody else's words and believe them. Mm-hmm. If you have to come up with the reason yourself, you are so much more on the end of True. belief because I'm thinking this, right? And I understand this and I acknowledge this part of me. Um, and so there were days where like the, I am smart for some reason took so much work for me to get through. Like I am enough. I sat for the longest time with that one. Like it took me days to get confident with that one because I had to handle mm-hmm. and so much because I was like, I'm enough. Why? Why am I enough? Oh, because, because of this, because I've done everything in my best power. I give today a hundred percent. And then it's like, okay, did you give today a hundred percent? Can you hundred <laughs> percent today? It, you like, if you're going to, and it's, so it's one of those, it literally provides ammunition for you, but it also makes you think, okay, I can give a hundred percent today. Whether that hundred percent is you just getting up today or mm-hmm. you, or your hundred percent looks like, I mean, you ran a marathon. Wonderful. It doesn't matter what a hundred percent looks like. It's just, did you give a hundred? Right. It's your hundred percent, not somebody else's hundred percent. Yes. And, and so it was, I, that is one of the biggest action steps. You coming up with the reasons why, no matter how long it takes you, no matter how, um, come up with those reasons because you're worth having that animal. You're yes. worth all of the work. Yes, you are. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and sharing your story and sharing your triumphs and your tips and tricks. And yes, we will definitely link to the book in the comments for anybody who wants to dive deeper into the, the affirmations and um, all of Stephanie's wisdom. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And I'm so glad to be here. Um, I hope that my story resonated with somebody um, and that everybody understands that you're not done. And you're too important to not be here. The world needs you um, more than ever. So to keep going. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Remember that you are loved. You are worthy. You are valuable. You are meant for more and that it really does get better. If you are in crisis, there are numbers that you can call or text to get the help that you need. That information for Canada and the US is in the description below each episode. If you are in immediate crisis, please call 911. We love you, and I hope you'll listen again.